the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I thought I'd just build a little tension, let Radar Love play out a little longer. Really, it's because I needed to catch my breath running, literally running in here. Thanks to Blake for getting me in because my key card fell down into a seat and I literally couldn't find it, couldn't get my hand down there. It's just unbelievable. Happy Saturday evening and welcome back. I'm Randy Corcoran, your pumped up purveyor of principled, passionate patriotism and so glad to have you here. Our phone number is 303-696-1971-696-1971. And I was out and about today. One set of my kid kidlets and kids is looking for a bigger car because of a new baby that's coming in October and uh, so we got together for a meal and went around town a little bit and it, it was just fun I hadn't seen him in a few days and just to hang out and and of course you know I was in the car business long long ago and and understand it very well and and so it's always fun to watch salespeople try and work their magic and it really had some good people that we ran into but man oh man driving around this city the traffic it's the worst ever it's the worst ever and i understand we're we're building these cubicles these high rise cubicles these multi level 600 square feet boxes to plug people in they're piling them up you know close to light rail entrances and and uh, stations but they're still building garages because people will not let go of their cars. That's just not going to happen. And so the cars, it's its going to get so bad around here. And do they spend any time? Do they spend any real money doing anything with these horrific, horrific roads? I've been on multiple motorcycle trips. Not this year. This summer, of course, as many of you know, sort of got knocked off my pins and Still really haven't climbed back on them, but um, uh, hasn't been much roaming around time. But just even in the last couple of years, and when I was going to visit my dad, and when we went uh, long distance before he died to see his brother, his youngest brother, number eight of nine kids, um, all the way in New York City. Literally, you can cross the state line from Kansas and instantly see and feel the difference in the roads. And with the and I know people are getting their butts out of Colorado, and who could blame them with taxes, with Democrat control, with the homelessness, with the violence, with the crime, number one in crime, number one in cat converters, car thefts, you know, all of those kinds of things. Um, and then knowing what they're going to try to do with our Tabor refund and property taxes about to slam all of us upside the head. So people are leaving. But for the years that people were flooding into Colorado and so many of them that are here and that tax revenue and the cars that are now on our roads. And have you looked? Have you registered a car recently? There's 21 or 22 different line items. Oh, it's only four cents for, you know, hiring a new clerk. It's only six cents for this bridge fund. It's only adds up to dollars upon dollars for every person 
is any of that money going into our roads. It isn't. It's absolutely ridiculous, disgusting, and pathetic. I unfortunately had to dip my toes into the Denver area. And, you know, we drove by Wash Park, and I grew up in Wash Park, and Downing, and, and uh, between Alameda and Evans and on Downing. That, that was my stomping grounds as a little boy. And when I'd play hooky from school, you, that's where you'd find me with a fishing pole at, at Washington Park. And they've even screwed that up. It's so disgusting. Uh, and listen, I understand it's very popular. The houses are expensive around there. It's still a, a pretty place to go hang out. But you look at the gardens. If you are a Denver native, the gardens at Denver City and County of Denver Parks used to be so phenomenal, just award-winning botanical marvels of color, purples and yellows and reds and pinks and oranges, and, and they were massive. And by this time of year, as you headed into fall, it was just overflowing. But, of course, the left – and this is a park with a pond – you know, with its own, not pond, with lakes, a couple of lakes, and a river that flows between them. So access to plenty of water for flower gardens. But what do they do? They come in and they mow it down. And instead, they create these pathways and this xeriscape, and they put in all this green. And, and you know, some of the stuff that has replaced the flowers, it, it looks like weeds, like finely trimmed green weeds, all shaped and they're not. It's some kind of grass or something. But everywhere you turn around, it's just ugly. It's just horrid. And if you start to get near to downtown, forget about it. We literally have tent cities now lining some of our streets. Really, really disappointing. As a, as a Denver native, as someone who loves and used to be proud to say that I was born in Denver, I guess I still am because... Man, that was a different time. Seven, eight-year-old kids, we would ride our bicycles from Wash Park downtown to the Security Life Building so we could ride the free glass elevator on the outside of that building up 32 or 38 stories and put pennies or nickels or whatever it was into the telescopes that we could then point toward the airport and watch the landing gear come down on the planes as they'd land at Stapleton Airport. That was, that was an idyllic time. And it's still a very warm spot for me. When I came back to Colorado in the 70s, I lived, um, I rented a space from my grandparents for a while, a block from Wash Park. I used to go and run miles there. And it was still beautiful. The gardens were beautiful. It was open. You could still drive through. They didn't have it all set up only for bikes and rollerbladers and walkers and strollers and all of that. Uh, just Everything liberals touch turns to crap. I mean, it's just heartbreaking. Have you have you flown recently? Have you flown since there was a new mayor in Denver? What is his name? Johnston, Mike Johnston or Johnson? And the vid the video, the audio recording on the trains at DIA. You know, it's too loud, number one. And the last time I was in, and it was a hot day, and it was it was there was no air conditioning in fact it felt like they had the heat on because it was hotter inside the train than in the in the tunnel waiting to get into the train but the recording comes on and hello this is mayor mike johnston from denver and i i was 
trying to see, and I just ran out of time to see if there's a way to find that recording. Because if you haven't heard it, you should. Because, man, he sells Colorado like it's the gem it was back in the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s and even some of the 2000s and maybe even early in the 2010s. But they've crapped it out now. So bad. When I say, and it's been a hot day. It was 99 degrees while I was out on the Harley earlier. And, uh, man, you get stuck in traffic on top of a fire-breathing engine, and it gets really warm. 89 now in Aurora, 92 over there in hell, otherwise known as Denver. Always hotter in hell. But it breaks your heart to drive around and see what has been allowed to happen just in the last three or four years and then go back eight or ten years when the decline really began. And uh, it's nonstop, and it's not slowing down. They're, they're doing nothing. But you listen to this recording, it's like, welcome to paradise. After you, you know, whether you're here on pleasure or business, after you do what you came to, make sure you stop into one of our many wonderful establishments in downtown Denver and, you know, have, and I'm ad-libbing here. I don't really remember the specific details now, but, um, and I wish I could find it because it just struck me when I heard it for the first time, how absurd it was. Nobody should be going into downtown Denver. It's too dangerous. It's too disgusting. And there are some great places down there, places I used to love to go. But you've got to stumble over and around and, and, and expose yourself, expose your grandkids to all of that chaos and all of that disintegration of civil society, of a fun place, a beautiful place, an exciting place, a place to look forward to. Ridiculous. I got on to 470 today. And when you cross over I-20, if you're heading toward the mountain, heading west, and you cross over I-70, I, I forget if you're going under or over. I, let's see. You go under to get into the express lane, and I think you go over I-70. Uh, well, anyway, it doesn't really matter because if you go to the right, you go into the regular lanes. If you stay to the left, you go into the express lane, getting into 470, heading west. And I rolled out there, and I, I stayed in the express lane because I was hauling, and people were backing up on the big hill that you have to go up and around to get onto the non-express lane part of 470. And I just wasn't in the mood to slow down. I usually stay out of the express lanes because they're a joke. But when I pulled out two, well, it's single at first, but as you get further west, it turns into two wide, beautiful express lanes. And they're virtually empty. There's me and a white Ford truck. And then in the, they only leave two lanes left. A beautiful, wide, four-lane highway that could handle traffic flow right now and not be backing up. But they've cut it in half, and you got to pay extra. And you paid to build those things. Don't forget it. You have to pay extra if you want to use the two lanes that nobody uses because nobody wants to pay to just move at a highway's pace. So they design it, they design it to just keep you miserable. If you can't afford it, if you, on principle, don't want to spend it, 
then you sit over here with everybody else in these two lanes, even though we have built this beautiful four-lane highway, but we're going to take two of those lanes to make you pay extra just for the privilege of driving your car in them. What in the world? And I, I know this is... Uh, this is kind of small potatoes compared to some of the things that are going on in the world. And we're going to get to some of those as the show goes on. But I just was so exposed to it on this particular day. And it just driving in, park a road, you know, not even four o'clock, not, not, it's not dinner time. It's not go out and party time. And I literally I had to run in here because I sat in traffic so long. It used to take me 12, 13 minutes to drive here at any time of day, doing filling in on, on Peter's old show or George's show or whatever. Um, well, even, you know, now that George has taken over the show, in this particular time frame, the traffic is pretty bad even before 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning. But it's just so depressing. And I, I am... I do not need to be depressed. I've got enough depression I'm fending off. And I guess I shouldn't say that. That's kind of a clinical thing. I don't think I'm clinical as I work my way through the grief of the loss of my wife. Um, but there's certainly, you know, an overburdening sadness that hits most every day and at the weirdest times. And so... I think it's made me more melancholy, you know, and it makes me think more about the way things used to be. And when, when it was such a, just a happier and easier and better time before so many leftists got in charge of things in Colorado, you, you know how bad California is. You don't even have to live there to know how bad it is. And you see people fleeing there as well. But man, if you've got a history here in, in Colorado, it is heartbreaking to see what we've done, what we've allowed to be done. And uh, I, I wonder just how much they're listening to everything we say and everything we do. Because since the death of my wife on June 3rd, obviously I've had phone calls to and sent emails and text messages to people at mortuaries and, and found out about you know, pre-planning. So I don't leave my kids in the mess I was in because my wife and I hadn't made any plans for ourselves because we figured we had 20 years to go at least, you know. And I've also spent time online, you know, looking up old songs that used to touch my heart and looking up uh, books or uh, memes or Bible verses that help with grief and, and with you know, when you're struggling with your faith, you're mad at God and all of those kinds of things. And I swear to God, I, I don't know, and I don't understand the technology, you know. You want to get me talking about voting machines and flipping elections and stuff like that. I, I can't get into the tech about how that works, though. There are a lot of people out there that do. And I don't understand how they, you know, can keep track of all these millions of people and figure out where your interests or, you know, what direction your life is taking. But I swear, since I got into having to deal with an unexpected death, even like my music stream, I don't have 
time or the technology skills to I could probably do it, but I haven't sat down to set up like a Spotify or an Apple Music or some kind of music list. I, for the longest time, just went to YouTube for my music. And now YouTube is feeding me all these songs. And sometimes you're hearing them here because I'll hear these songs and I'll think, oh, yeah, yeah, that that kind of fits my mood or how I'm feeling or what I'm thinking about, you know, my own lost love or whatever. But they're feeding this stuff to me like it's popping up in my streams. Ads are popping up in if I go on Facebook, which I so rarely do now, that are just so dialed in to all of the horrors that have thrown, you know, been thrown my way over the last couple of months. And it's scary that they can track you so well, that they can know you so well. And yeah, text messages are coming in. Driving to Black Hills of South Dakota, leave Colorado, roads in Nebraska, smooth. South Dakota, smooth. Return via Wyoming, roads, smooth. Pass into Colorado, what roads? Well, you know, terrible. Yes, I do. And it's really noticeable on a motorcycle. Because, uh, you know, some of the and some of the potholes now in Colorado, they can take out a motorcycle. They can blow your tire. It's just so dangerous and so sad and so bad out there. So... I don't know why all that was sort of welled up inside of me, but it's it's what I just got filled up with today and driving around my former beloved Denver and and then seeing these music this music that would be planted into my car on my phone uh, that I didn't go looking for, but they know they know what I'm going through, they know what I'm thinking, and it's scary. It really is. So anyway, I um. There was a an election, and what did he call it? Uh, Mike Lindell had another one of his election integrity summits this week. And it was online for the whole world to see. I, I listened in a lot, and I understand that it was broadcast in 86 languages. And, oh, I know. I know some of you, oh, God, Corporal Mike Lindell, more of your con- election conspiracy stuff. Mike Lindell is on to something. This doesn't involve Chinese packets and all this technology that I don't know if flim flammers were selling to him or, or whatever. Um, things that I, I could never understand and then never seem to really bear any fruit. But the chunks of time that I saw from this summit were incredibly valuable. And it's all available at Frank, Frank, Frank Speech frankspeech.com for free but there were all kinds of experts and and real experts people who've done forensic evaluations you know of machines uh, analysis statistical analysis of voter data but more than that people talking about lawsuits successful lawsuits people who've been busted for election fraud just so many interesting things but uh, Lindell was selling this thing with, uh, I forget the exact language that was used, but it was, you know, we're gonna we're gonna going to secure our elections starting tomorrow. And by God, I think he's onto something. And we will tell you all about it when we return here on seven ten KNUS. It's Johnny Tillotson and. Uh, that's one of the songs I'm talking about. Like, I've never, I don't recall that song from my past. 
I re- recall many songs like it. In fact, um, I think the song that's become sort of my Tana song, just because it touched my heart when I was like seven years old when it first came out. And so I, I play, I even sing it graveside now, even though it doesn't have her name in it or anything, but somehow it makes me feel better. Bobby Goldsboro's honey. And, uh, I don't know that I remember or ever had heard that Johnny Tillotson song before. Why do I love you so? But this is the kind of stuff that's getting planted on my YouTube that or wherever it just pops up when I go to play music without actually selecting something. It's kind of freaking me out. I know they're not reading my mind, so that means that they're reading what I'm writing, what I'm looking at. They're listening. (sighs) I don't know. But I do love those songs. They sort of fit the melancholy, reflective place that I'm at in my life right now. Before we get to the phones, 303-696-1971. A ton of text messages already poured in. Hey, Great American, thank you very much. I agree with you. Alexa's always the first out of the gate. I would, She says, I would never live within two miles of light rail. Criminals take it. Yeah, I've, I've heard it's dangerous. I don't know that I've ever ridden on the light rail. And I like trains. I don't have any objection to them. It's not convenient for me. Now it's not safe. But here's one that uh, just touches me, and then we'll get to uh, our first phone call of the night. And the reason this touches me is I, I don't know that I had seen these before because I never responded to them. But this text or the text to studio, if you click on a new text, it goes back to the thread. So you can see all the prior texts from this person. And I don't see uh, a name here, so I can't give a shout out to a person. But all the way back in May, this person said, praying for Tana and you. P.S. Durham is a coward. Yeah, that's. Obviously, when the Durham report came out, and we all had put so much stock in that guy, and he he literally trashed the Democrats, the FBI, but but he said, well, we just need to work on these policies and you know tighten things up and make things better. But then back in on August the fifth, and I, I missed this, or I would have acknowledged it. This is beautiful. I know this promise to be true. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Psalms one forty seven three. But here's what makes this special from this person. I experienced the sudden death of a spouse years ago. I clung to this scripture. That was back on August 5th. And this person, obviously listening during the first segment, sent that beautiful scripture again. So whoever you are, thank you. I can't tell you the number of – I'm still getting cards for our loss. Uh, clients, you know, who need some work and have, we haven't been involved for months or even years sometimes. And they call and then they find out. And so I'll get a card still out of the blue for the loss of my wife in June. And while I was talking to you in the opening segment on my email, just came in at 5.05. Hi, Randy. I thought you might be interested in a grief group that is starting this fall. And it's at a local church and all kinds of cool details. And I cannot begin to think that this person is listening to the radio show. I just I just think it's pure coincidence that that fell my way. So, you know, God is good and and in the depths of sadness are still ways to find tremendous happiness and and reflection and you know, digging digging to re-strengthen that faith, of course. But um 
we have been as a family figuring out ways to to feel okay and move ahead. I know I'm teased you with the uh, Frank or the Frank speech and Mike Lindell way to secure our elections the next day, and I think he's on to something. I'll tease you a little more, and then we'll grab Brian in Arvada because the the thing that everybody was waiting for was a two day seminar, and you could just watch it online from anywhere is a WMD, but it doesn't mean weapon of mass destruction, though the left may think so, but it's a great idea. Share it with you in just a minute. Let's start with Brian in Arvada. Brian, thanks for waiting, and good afternoon. Hey, nice to talk to you, guy. Likewise. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. I mean, it's got to yeah, be man. the hardest thing in the world, you know, and uh, I guess as men, what I'm starting to think is we kind of take things while things are running normal we kind of take it for granted but then through loss we actually see the bigger picture you know as far as your family and stuff like that i mean i'm three thousand dollars away from everything being gone so i i just praise the lord in this homeless situation that you were talking about earlier it's unacceptable i'm a poor guy too i'm a blue collar worker i'm 50 some years old I go out there and I pound it out. I figure out my bills, something the government doesn't do. But, you know, I I don't know, Randy. I think the small drip, you're going to be on the right side. I can guarantee you that. You, you actually stood strong. You stood for what you believed through the whole COVID garbage and everything. You stood strong, very strong. Now, there's... A few people on the radio that didn't stand so strong. They just wanted to ride along the stream and see which way it was going. So, you know. Yeah, and now now those folks, and and they're on TV, they write, they're on radio stations behind microphones, but now they're committed. You know, they've talked themselves into a box, and so they're kind of stuck with that position. No matter how much evidence continues to come out, no matter how many unconstitutional laws and rules and regulations get overturned in court, no matter how much evidence we get from Twitter, Twitter files, FBI, government collusion, all of those kinds of things, they're still, yeah, not enough to change an election, you know. Yeah, you know, and what I find funny is you dedicate your program, and so does Matt Dunn, to uh, trying to, you know, focus on what's actually wrong. But other people... They go to Donald Trump, you know, uh, orange man bad. It's it's just easier for them. They don't have to put themselves out there. There's no risks. And if they could do this to Donald Trump, they got an unlimited budget is what people don't understand. So even a guy, if you're a lawyer and you're making $200,000 a year, $300,000 a year, they can bankrupt you just for charging you with something. It doesn't matter if you're guilty or not. People got to realize that. And Evil can only exist if good men do nothing. I mean, these these old sayings, you know, when I was younger, I never really took much account to them. But now they mean a lot to me. And this is from a blue-collar worker. I don't own anything. I I lay in a little apartment, and I, I thank the Lord that, you know, I still have my seven grandkids. I sell my three kids. I thank him every day for what he gives me. And to me, that's just, but that's my decision. I could have a lot more money. I could own a big house if I wanted to, but 
I decided not to. But yet I'm not over here, you know, being a bum, bothering other people and ruining other people's business. So, well, you know, I don't know. Well, Brian, I I just wanted to hear you out a little bit more because uh, especially and we got other calls to get to. So we'll jump. But I I just so touched by, you know, your opening remarks that sort of set the stage for what you said, because you were talking about how we take things for granted when they're good. And I mentioned in the first segment, you know, my wife and I had no planning for one of us to leave at this time of life Thought we had 20 years. And then, you know, half of your soul gets ripped out from under you. And man, oh, man, do you learn to take every moment for granted or stop taking every moment for granted. Waking up and breathing is a blessing. Enjoying a nice meal is a blessing. Wrapping my arms around those grandbabies or my daughter who's about to have our first granddaughter, grandchild number five, um, it just it just warms my heart even in the depths of all this sadness. And so I, I'm sorry to hear that you're, you know, in tight circumstances, but you're not complaining. It doesn't matter yeah. to me. I don't care. I, no, I, I get it. I don't care. It's what's so powerful. I like it. I chose this. I chose it, Randy. I chose it. Like I said, I can make a lot of money if I wanted to. I chose to be in the situation I am, and I'm very happy with it. I'm very blessed to be where yeah. I'm at. And I got my whole family, and I, I don't know. We, we It's just like America right now. Like, we let the Epstein thing go. Oh, they're just molesting children. I guess we'll talk about Trump. Oh, they're just doing this, that, and the other, taking away our First Amendment rights. So oh, I yeah. guess they just want to inject us with... And we we just lay in the background thinking, okay, if we just uh, appease these people, it's going to change. No, that's not the way it works. This is not the time for cowardice. Well, you're you, you're either you either stand up or you get out of the way. Well, Brian, more and more people. And when we get into this, uh, I'm going to spend a little time on what I learned at the time that I spent watching the uh, the Lindell thing. More and more people are are, are fired up and organizing and getting together we're not letting the radical left take this country and no the dam's gonna break and you're yeah, gonna be on the right side matt sure. dunn's gonna be on the right side a few of the other colleagues we're just gonna go okay well i guess they were scared and stuff yeah. but you know what one thing about you randy you stood strong you're gonna be on the right side and i guarantee everybody out there right now the dam will break it's a slow drip right now but the drip is getting a you know, it's getting a little more intense. And it, this is one thing Vivek said, which I kind of like Vivek, is he said, we're a, we're a young nation right now, okay? We're going through puberty, so there's going to be some ups and downs. You just got to decide which side you want to be on, the side yeah. of freedom, the side of what's right, the side of what's righteous, or do you want to cower and just uh, go along with the flow and hope you get by every day. That's all. That's all I got to say. And I love you, Randy. And I'm so sorry for your your loss, my friend. Well, Brian, God bless we you. Pray for you every day. Yeah, so many people say that, and I swear it keeps me propped up. So God bless you, sir. Thank you. Let's grab Shane before our next break. And Shane, are you there in Denver? Welcome. Hi, uh, Randy. Yes, this is Shane from Denver. I just wanted to say, number one, um, I'm a thousand percent MAGA Republican. Couldn't agree with Brian anymore. I want to tell you, um, you are a good warrior. Uh, Donald J. Trump was a, uh, uh, a good warrior, still is a good warrior, and he's the big dog. And then he's got some lieutenants like Matt Dunn and, and yourself, Randy, 
and you inspire us because I'm a blue collar worker just like Brian. And I think in a uh, common sense blue collar mindset. And even though that uh, yourself, Randy and Matt and of course Donald J. Trump, you guys have white collar jobs, you're able to see and empathize with blue collar values. And I know probably it's because of your your youth, Randy, and you had some very tough times in your life. Uh, but it's a really great quality that you guys can see through that. And I see a difference now between the establishment Republicans that have fancy jobs and cannot see the values of a blue collar worker. They've lost touch and they they concentrate on issues that are grandiose, but not the, the bottom line issues that we we discuss when it comes to our freedom and when it comes to the perils that this country faces. Uh, as an example, in 2016 and, and 2020, I, uh, each of those elections, I stood with a sign that said Sportsman for Trump. And I stood on the corner of Colfax and Wadsworth in 2016, and I stood on the corner of Alameda and Wadsworth in 2020, 16 hours each time. And I can't tell you how many cowards I would see pull up right next to the corner I stood, and they'd, they'd look, they wouldn't even look me in the eye. And then right when the light would turn green, they'd yell, F you, and give me the finger and, and drive off. Right. And I had, in, two, in 2016, as, I as had soon a as, as soon as they knew that their path was clear. Yeah, I, I know exactly the kind of lefty these, you're talking about. You bet. That, that's how these lefties work. 2016, I had an Antifa guy threaten to rape my kids. 2020, I had two Antifa guys try to try to fight me, which I, I didn't, but they ran, ended up running away. I'll just say that much. Yeah. Um, it's, they, they are cowardice, and they work by backstabbing, and they work by plotting on the underground, but they'll never face you face-to-face. So what surprises me is some of these establishment Republicans, they either don't see it because they're ignorant or they don't see it because they choose not to. They'd rather see uh, kind of the middle ground, which just falls right into the hands of the left, because in the end, they can be like fair and middle ground in their own mind. But in the end, the left is going to vote their way and it's going to cause more and more problems for myself and my children and down the road, my grandchildren, and, and yourself, and Matt Dunn, and, and the guy on top, Donald J. Trump, they see that. And I just hope more people see that before it's too late. I am so glad I came to work tonight, because these calls have been so smart. You started out talking about the grandiose ideas that we hear still from, you know, the rhinos and the, the old guard Republicans, and and they're important ideas. They're important, you know, to have those seeds planted. You have to have a foundation on those principles. But we're in a ground war. We're in, we're in blood battles. And, and I don't mean fighting in the streets yet. That's the way the left plays, as we recall from the summer of hell in 2020. But, but we are fighting for the survival of Western civilization, for the survival of this country. If this country goes down, the rest will follow. And so many people still argue like it's about, you know, your taxes are about to go up. It's just mind-boggling to me. You know, Randy, I never thought I'd be sitting in the United States of America and having to debate people about sex change operations for minors. God, I That know. is just evil. That is sick. We used to say that was uh, evil uh, Nazi-type behavior. 
And we're talking about legalizing that in some communities in the United States of America. Where have we gone as a people? I don't understand that. And so I look at that like as, as a red flag over other things that can happen down the road. And to me, the generations now are, are just not paying attention. And it's really concerning. Uh, it's more we're, we're involved in our entertainment, I guess, the young people. And they choose not to pay attention to the politics going on. And it's, it's, uh, so my, my take, my point of view is I get out there, uh, when the indictment came against the, uh, the federal indictments towards Trump, I stood out on the corner, uh, and I held my Trump sign at for one hour. When the indictments from Georgia happened, I stood on the corner with my Trump sign for another hour. And I'll tell you what that's good is I saw a lot of people give me thumbs up. A lot of people honk and give me thumbs up and, a far less percentage of them with the FUs. So maybe that's progress. I Those kind of anecdotal stories mean something, especially since you've been doing it so regularly. So it's, what a great call, Shane, man. That's just back to back. I'm very grateful. We're late on our break. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And God bless you, sir. God bless you, Randy. Thanks. All right, 546, straight to the break. When we come back, we'll try and talk about the weapon of mass, no, the WMD, And it's going to be a weapon of mass destruction to the left. But it got unveiled at this um, election summit, which was very substantive. What I saw of it was very, very impressed. So stay with us here on 710 KNUS. Always one of my favorite songs, even before I could drive. Of course, I had my first lawnmower mini bike. I I think I put that thing together. I was nine years old, maybe. First motorcycle with a clutch by 12, 13, 12, I think. And I was rolling, baby. Sometimes on the street, unfortunately. <laughs> Chased a little bit. But those that was a different time. Anyway, welcome back. And uh, I guess let's... Uh, we don't have a ton of time. So let's just get back to the phones. We'll go to Jack in Wyoming. Now, this is not just any Jack. This is... Master Jack, one eight four three six five seven two Jack. Jack from my past Jack. Welcome back, Jack. Jack, are you there? Blake, we got him? He should be on there. Hello, Jack. All right, well, put him back. Yeah, put him back on hold. I, 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 did you hear this one this week? Did you hear it? Name me a single objective we've ever set out to accomplish that we've failed on. Name me one in all of our history. Not one. All right. Well, let's just think about that a little bit, Joe. I mean, probably the most significant failure other than, you know, Afghanistan and a few other things we'll probably talk about as I play that over and over and over tonight is your absolute failing as a father. You raised two drug-addicted children. Your daughter, who claims that you took showers with her that were inappropriate, quote, unquote, right out of her diary. Nobody disputes the validity of that anymore. We watch you put your hands on little children. Drugs and sex. And then you have Hunter. Now, Biden, I know, or your other son, Biden, Your other son went to war and 
I don't think he was. Was he in combat? I don't think so. But I don't know how he might have turned out. You lost him with cancer, and that's tragic, and I'm sorry for you. But as a father, you failed. Name me a single objective we've ever set out to accomplish that we've failed on. Name me one. I assume you set out to raise healthy, happy children. Healthy, happy children that would love their healthy, happy children. Even the ones that they make with the stripper that they knocked up. I hate to even call her that because she's a mother. She may be a class lady who chose that way to try and make money, didn't have a better way. Listen, it's not for me to judge. But every headline you see from the Washington Compost, the New York Slimes, or anywhere else talking about Hunter and his um, Gentleman's Club baby mama, they'll refer to the president's son, not the drug-addicted, sex-crazed, apparently money-grubbing, living his life on his daddy's name, son, and the woman that he got pregnant, perhaps in a drunken or drug-induced rage, not rage, but fling, and the granddaughter that he ignored, the granddaughter that he fought to avoid paying significant child support for. Man, that's just the starter, Joe. We may keep this one up on the board for the rest of the year. And play it a lot, because you are a failure. So it looks like we've got Jack back from Wyoming. We'll give it another try. Jack, did you even hear that wonderful announcement, the warm-up, the the way I announced you coming on to the show the first time? Oh, I, I don't. Maybe I don't think I did, but I don't oh, accept compliments from Jack. strangers. Oh, the one eight four three six five seven two. I heard oh. that. Yeah. <laughs> there was so much before that, but anyway, welcome back. We got about uh, three minutes. Okay, a couple of things. As I get to be older and older, and I mean, I had a motorcycle back in the seventies too, but it was a triumph. One of my employees couldn't get in the other day because he said he couldn't get his mo- battery was dead on his Harley. I says, "What do you mean a battery? Don't you have a Kickstarter?" He says, "No, they don't have Kickstarters on the new ones." Now that was a new one to me. I didn't know that. <laughs> Is that right? Or what yeah, you, uh, that is true. I've, I've got a 66 Harley with a Kickstarter that'll break your leg if you catch it wrong and you don't put the right weight on it. Because yeah, if that bad boy backfires, it'll literally, literally throw you off the bike or break your leg. Yeah. Yeah. What I wanted to mention to you about people uh, deciding to uh, uh, basically control what other people can say and can't say. I've been a caller to Mike Rosen for years and years and years. And when Craig and uh, and Danny got together, and uh, uh, most of them, would, everybody takes my calls. And, and Silverman and I became great friends. And I've never had a problem with calling the radio stations up. But last week, twice, while I was driving up to Wyoming, I turned on Brockler, who I'm not a huge fan of, but sometimes I think he's spot on. Well, his uh, screener, Billy somebody or other? Yeah. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, Billy Thorpe is his producer. Okay, he's a, yeah. Okay, well, his producer. Well, twice, and this has never happened to me before, twice he just hung up on me and refused to put me through. Twice in the last week. Hmm. And he says, what do you want to talk about? And I want to talk about the subject that Brock was talking about. 
He says, what about it? And you give him one or two words, and he just hangs up on you. Huh. That's, well, what's going on. that's what's going on in your radio station. Huh. I hope Kelly Michaels understands that. Well, I, let, me, let, me just, let me just say this, Jack. It would be better to call Kelly and not put it out on the air. I mean, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like it, well, and I don't want to nope. cut you off, but I, I just don't, the, I don't want people calling in to trash the other shows. I just want to know how many, more of your, how many more of your listeners are getting the same treatment. That's why I put it yeah. Okay. Well, I hope none, because that's right. a crappy way to treat people. Well, that's what's going on. I just thought I'd let you know. All right, Jack. Well, let me know privately next time. Uh, all right, man. All right, brother. All right, bye. Ah, okay. All right, Jack's line is open, 303-696-1971. We only have a few seconds here, so let's look at some more text messages. Randy, right out of the box. This came early, about 515 I hope you're going to bring up the fact that the Georgia State Senator, name is Colton Moore, my new hero, going after D.A. Fat Fanny Willis, that's going after President Trump and the rest in Georgia to impeach her and to defund the money in that department. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's we need Republicans to use the same tactical lawfare that Democrats are using on the president and others. And it's hard to find. It's hard to see. Now, I don't know how the likelihood of success for Senator, State Senator, Georgia State Senator Colton Moore, but I like the idea. I like the idea of finding creative ways to push back on all the nonsense. All right, when we come out on the other side so we don't run out of time or anything, we will talk about WMD from the election summit this week. I think it's very, very good. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.